I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. You gotta stop asking, are we there yet? Are we there yet? We get there when we get there. Till then, steady as she goes. It's high noon! For Thursday, September 16th, 2021, follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. The Substack is I'm your moderator.substack.com and the merch site is cancelcotour.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. Today is the 239th day of Barack Obama's third term, as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history, and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You have been scraping the bottom of the barrel for so long that you are now through the barrel. 
(laughs) You have come out the other side and all your self-righteous communism is just draining out of the barrel. It's like one big communist water park going out of business because they shut them down for COVID. That's where you're at right now, commies. You have reached the point that it is impossible to even take a principled stand against treason. And I mentioned this briefly yesterday, but it has only somehow gotten worse. You would think that one day of defending treason would be as far as they could go. They would hope for a different story to come up that they could focus on that wouldn't actually hurt them even more, but they couldn't find it. So now we are in day two of defending treason against America. And listen, if you're the sort of commie out there that's like, hey, I wasn't going to draw any lines, but it turns out I have realized that treason is one of those lines for me. Well, that's great. Good for you. Come on back to America. Just migrate back. All of us will enjoy seeing you return. We will welcome you with open arms as soon as you make amends, obviously. And the only other thing you have to do is leave all of those stupid and evil child-brained communist ideas behind in your communist utopia that exists only in the head of other child-brained communists and never in reality because that's impossible. And if it was possible, you sure wouldn't get there by defining all the words until things are the way you said they would be, even though they haven't changed. Hey, just define all the words in a different way. Turn bad into good. Turn oppression into justice. Just keep going down that path, and sooner or later, you will end up at communist utopia. If you have realized that's never going to work, then come on back. And with that, I would love to extend a warm Thursday high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, redeemable communists. Welcome to the show. Hopefully, you found this on your own by Googling, how do I become an American again? But if that's not how, then hopefully it was because there's someone in your life who is an American and cares about you enough to be like, hey man, you know what? I think before this really, really turns against you, like once we reach a point of no return, you should try to check out something, anything That might change your mind and make you want to be an American again, because at some point it's going to be too late and the rest of your life, everybody is going to know that in that moment of truth, you were still a communist. It's not going to work out well. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about how deep this treason thing goes. And yes, I'm going to share clips from MSNBC. I know it's a cheap shot. But the thing is, there's still a big chunk of this country, the same people who believe that Joe Biden got 81 million real legal American votes. They still turn to MSNBC so that it can help them feel better. It's like, hey, I've run out of slogans on this one. I can't 
form my own slogans about how this Millie thing isn't a big deal because I've always thought that treason was a big deal. So please tell me how this isn't treason. And you turn on MSNBC and you're like, I know they're going to tell me. I'll just wait around until they tell me how this isn't treason. Load me up with some new slogans so that I can go out there and say, ha ha, you Trump supporting terrorists. It turns out that this isn't treason. Got to figure it out. Got to have MSNBC tell you. Otherwise, you're just wandering around in a desert, probably in circles because you got no North Star. You got no compass. Everything looks like an oasis. And so you walk toward it and you find out, nope, that's just Rachel Maddow's pompadour. That's not a palm tree. And you see a reflection in the sand and you're like, my goodness, finally, it's water. And nope, it's just Chris Hayes' glasses. And you think, oh, if I just get over that next mountain, the water will be there. And you get near the mountain and you're like, Stacey Abrams again, huh? I guess that's just Stacey Abrams. Hey, sorry, commies. It's just how it is. If you had good answers, you'd just use the good answers. If you could form thoughts with your own little child brains, then you wouldn't need to turn to MSNBC. But for as long as you do need to turn to MSNBC, well, then there's a need for people like me to come along and destroy that nonsense before it settles into any of your little child brains. Because that's how these problems get started. That's how these problems are caused. We just allow these terrible, terrible ideas to uh, be disseminated by MSNBC. And then they go out into the popular understanding through Twitter, through Instagram. And all of a sudden, you have just a huge chunk of the communists in the country saying things like, well, treason's okay if the president is really dangerous. Like, if he, if he tries to uh, to have a coup and steal a legitimately held election, and then there's, like, his supporters going out and committing political violence, and then <laughs> he's talking, like, with foreign nations and maybe going to try to th- overthrow the country, then we need treason. And they say that, and they believe it. And that just settles in. And they don't realize, of course, that their side is the one who has uh, tried to usurp a legitimate election. Their side is the one who has committed a coup against America. Their side is the one who has committed political violence uh, in a never-ending way, nonstop, more or less, since well over a year ago. They did do it nonstop for four, five, six months. And then it kind of slowed down a little bit, but it springs up whenever we need it or whenever the FBI decides to do it. That would be a better description. And we'll get to that later, of course. Every single thing that they have accused us of, they are, in fact, guilty of. And they know that we know they're guilty of it. And that is why the fences were up in January and February and some of March. They left them up for two months, two months. They brought the National Guard in, made them eat terrible food, sleep in parking lots, and they actually tried to disarm them. Two months, they kept 
the fences there for their own protection. And now they're trying it again. And they're trying it again on the weakest possible premises. A small to mid-size rally slash protest for political prisoners. By the way, half the country understands that the January 6th prisoners are political prisoners and they are not domestic terrorists. The percentage of people who believe that nonsense is minute. So there's a rally for those people, a cause that half the country agrees with, not even a big rally, no indication whatsoever that there would be any violence at all, except from the FBI. They're the only ones saying it. None of the organizers are courting violent groups. The supporters of that cause are not representative of violent groups. They're just normal American citizens who don't like seeing their fellow citizens imprisoned against their constitutional rights, their civil rights and their human rights. And they want to come out and express that and draw attention to the cause, which they have already actually done, which is good. MSNBC and CNN, they can't get enough of talking about this rally because they are trying to justify the fencing. So there has to be some justification and that has to be the violence. But in the meantime, they are advertising for the cause. Now, like I said, we'll get to more of that later, but let's see and hear the MSNBC big brains justify treason because that's always a good time. That's how you know they care. Um, the chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff advises the president he's not in the military chain of command. He said it himself in that phone call with Nancy Pelosi that we now mysteriously have a transcript of. General Milley told Pelosi, I really don't have the authorities. He doesn't. No one, not the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, not the defense secretary. Nobody can just make a new rule. Don't listen to the president. Only listen to me. That's not a thing in terms of military orders. Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we are on the same page, Rachel. Thank you for saying that. Obviously, doing that would be treason. Thank you. But. Wait, what? You just said the right thing. You just said he can't do that. There's no circumstance where he could do that. That's what you just said. That's not allowed. That's not the constitutional order of things. It's not legal. It's not how our system operates. But there is a very practical reason that Secretary of Defense James Schlesinger never really got in trouble for having done that in August 1974. And there's the same practical reason that General Mark Milley is unlikely to get in trouble for it now. Oh, OK. OK. So, yeah. All right. There's a practical reason. And the practical reason is that the deep state actually wants them to do that. So they're not going to punish them. And the media wants him to do it, too. So the media is not going to punish him. And if the deep state and the media are aligned about anything, then the public just falls in line. That must be what she's implying. Of course, the corruption goes up so high that no one will punish these men for their crime of treason. Okay, so actually, Rachel Maddow is making a lot of sense. Because they were and are, and I would argue will be perceived as trying to stop a much greater evil by essentially inserting themselves into the chain of command in order to prevent literally catastrophe. 
Yeah, okay, well, there we go. So she got all the way there. The good practical reason for people to literally usurp the chain of command and the Constitution and get in touch with our greatest foreign adversaries to let them know that if we were considering attacking them, well, they would get a warning. (laughs) Thereby defeating our country's mission as laid out by the duly elected commander in chief. And that's really the only mission that matters because that's how it works. Rachel Maddow does not get to decide under what circumstances the chain of command is allowed to be usurped. And you can't just say, but Richard Nixon and have that work. This is relying on everybody knows, as I've talked about a million times, everybody knows that Richard Nixon is terrible. So as soon as everybody knows that Richard Nixon is terrible, well, then you get to usurp Richard Nixon and the Constitution anytime you want. And of course, everybody knows that Donald Trump is terrible, but Donald Trump is not Richard Nixon. Donald Trump was accused of all sorts of things. But he wasn't actually found guilty of any of those things. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It was found out that there was no proof that Donald Trump did anything untoward that entire time. And interestingly, it should be noted that Rachel Maddow, among all of the people in quote unquote journalism, she has been more responsible for building up those false anti-Trump narratives than pretty much anyone else. Rachel Maddow got that leaked Trump tax return in 2016. Does everybody remember that? That was the moment where Trump was going down. In fact, I was still not a Trump supporter at that point. I was fully in the Democrat camp at that point. Yes, I know it was terrible. I will regret it forever. I was asleep. Now I'm awake. Things change. And I hope that people forgive me. If they don't, that's certainly their right. I did and said a whole lot of things back then that I wouldn't approve of right now. That's how life goes. But everybody, including me, thought that that would be the end of the Trump campaign right there. Rachel Maddow, she came out on TV. She had a couple of pages of the supposed Trump tax return. It was going to be, oh, very damning. That would be the end. They had the end of the Trump campaign in 2016, five or six or 10 or 50 times. I can't even remember how many times the walls were closing in. It was the beginning of the end. Trump was going down. This is going to be the silver bullet, always the silver bullet. And then over and over and over again throughout the last five years, always the one damning piece of information, the silver bullet. And it continued to get served up to Rachel Maddow. And Rachel Maddow's gotten an early look at the Woodward and Costa transcripts of the Millie Calls. So how does she always get this information first? I really wonder. It's almost like Rachel Maddow exists to disseminate the propaganda of the deep state and the global communists. It's almost like they give her their best information and then she puts it out to everyone, 
even though they know and she knows from the beginning that it is a total lie or complete bizarro world morality as she's projecting here. All of a sudden, because Trump is so bad, treason becomes a moral necessity. Isn't that incredible? Once you can justify treason as a moral necessity because the other side is so bad, what can you not justify doing? Turns out there's nothing, which is why they are justifying the political imprisonment of the January 6th protesters. People who were allowed into the Capitol by Capitol Police and walked around taking selfies, many of them actually having totally uh, innocuous conversations with the Capitol Police about how they were not interested in committing violence. That's on video, and we have to pretend that it's not. And Rachel Maddow will pretend that it's not so that she can pretend that the political imprisonment and the denial of constitutional and civil and human rights is totally justified because Trump is that dangerous and his supporters are that dangerous. And the trick you'll see here and in the Scarborough bit, which I'm about to play, is that they focus almost entirely on the January 8th issue, but they're not focused on the October 30th, 2020 issue. There was a phone call that day, too. And this is five days before the election, the November 3rd election, five days before. Millie is calling China to communicate something. While our intelligence and our military are working to defend the country against Chinese interference in our election, Mark Milley is calling his pal in China to chat. You see, we're supposed to just take it for granted. The everybody knows, right? Everybody knows January 6th was so dangerous. And everybody knows Donald Trump had already lost the election by then. And everybody knows that Joe Biden was going to be installed in two short weeks. And so by virtue of that, Everybody knows that Joe Biden was already the president, you know, figuratively, technically speaking, in the minds of these child brains. Joe Biden was already the one with command authority. So Mark Milley should have been working on Joe Biden's behalf, working on Joe Biden's behalf, of course, would then be working on the country's behalf because the country really had sent 81 million real Americans to cast their legal votes for Joe Biden. So if Mark Milley is working on behalf of Joe Biden, well, that only makes sense because Joe Biden's installation as president would be a foregone conclusion. It's the right and just thing to do. But what happened in October? Was Joe Biden automatically president then, too? And of course, they would say yes. Well, yes, obviously, the polls showed that Joe Biden was going to win. And Joe Biden did win. Joe Biden won by a massive amount. (laughs) Joe Biden won by a landslide. He won by six or seven million votes. Real legal votes. So, of course, Joe Biden should have had command authority then, too. So really anything that works against Donald Trump at any point 
over the last five years is justified. And they have made that argument for five years. It's justified that they made up the Steele dossier to try to submarine Donald Trump's campaign. It's justified that Hillary Clinton's campaign was involved in that. It's justified that Hillary Clinton actually farmed out the job of creating that fake dossier. It's justified that she did it in conjunction with the FBI and the CIA and Five Eyes intelligence countries. All of it is justified because Donald Trump was that dangerous. Cheating in that election was totally justified because Donald Trump is that dangerous. Trying to subvert the transition during that time was justified because Donald Trump is so dangerous. That transition period from 2016 to January 20th, 2017, everything that happened in there is justified, including Joe Biden meeting with Barack Obama on January 5th in the Oval Office and determining that they were going to use the Logan Act to frame Michael Flynn. Totally justified. And by the way, I know all of this is a conspiracy theory. Calling this a conspiracy theory is also totally justified because Donald Trump and his supporters are that dangerous. So anything that helps them, you must call it a conspiracy theory. You can't take it seriously. You can't take it as a matter of fact because then you would be working to support Donald Trump. And working to support Donald Trump is actually working against the country. And so anything that subverts Donald Trump or his supporters, even if they're telling the truth, is justified because Donald Trump is that dangerous. Launching the Mueller investigation to try to cover up what the Clinton campaign and Fusion GPS and the Steele dossier and the FBI and the CIA, what all of that was, trying to cover that up is totally justified. Because Donald Trump and his supporters are that dangerous. And the Russian collusion narrative, yeah, it's not true. But don't you see how much it could diminish Donald Trump and his supporters if only it was true? And the chance that it might be true, well, we should just assume that it is true. And if it is true, well, we've got to take down Donald Trump and his supporters. And then, you know, that doesn't work and whatever, but <laughs> hey, it was worth tearing down the faith in the media and government and our democracy and elections and everything else because Donald Trump is that dangerous and he's so dangerous and his supporters are so dangerous and he's doing such a good job as president that he might well get reelected and that can't happen because Donald Trump and his supporters are so dangerous and so you know, if we're going to go ahead and try to cover up Joe Biden's uh, involvement in Ukraine, which, of course, ties in Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton and Uranium One and all sorts of uh, corrupt political dealings that actually subvert the American interest in favor of our foreign adversaries, trying to cover that up with an impeachment, blaming it on Donald Trump, making up the contents of a phone call to the point where Adam Schiff the leading Democrat on the Intelligence Committee in the House makes up the transcript of the foreign call and reads it out in Congress. Well, that's all justified 
because it's important to impeach Donald Trump. It's important to use the step of impeachment to get rid of Donald Trump because he is that dangerous. And you know who agrees with all this all along? Well, it's Rachel Maddow. And when that impeachment fails, well, I guess we got to launch this whole COVID thing. You know, I was hoping the impeachment was just going to work and we could get rid of Donald Trump and his supporters once and for all. Silver bullet right to the forehead, right to the heart. They're done. Didn't work. Now we got to do this COVID thing. And what we're going to do is we're going to use this COVID thing and we're going to blame it on Donald Trump and his supporters. They're the ones who are making this disease spread everywhere because truthfully, they kind of have a disease already. And everything about that is justified because Donald Trump and his supporters are so dangerous. In fact, giving everybody mail-in ballots and then not tracking them at all is justified because one thing we can't tolerate is Donald Trump and his supporters winning another election. So we're going to steal that election. We're going to tell you how we're going to steal it. We're going to execute the steal exactly how we're telling you. And then we're going to prop that steal up the exact way we told you we would in the transition integrity project and all of that subverting the will of the American people and our election system is totally worth it because Donald Trump and his supporters are so dangerous. And who's there playing right along? Well, it's Rachel Maddow. And so January 6th rolls around. Donald Trump invites his supporters to the nation's capital to make their voices heard using their guaranteed right to free speech, seeking the redress of their grievances toward government. But the FBI, Antifa, you get all their little groups together, the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers. They always have names, these little groups. And they come in and stage a very violent insurrection. Except it's not that violent. It's not an insurrection. All it did was give people like Rachel Maddow more fuel for their corrupt little fires. And all of it is justified because Trump and his supporters are that dangerous. And now, now, it is okay to subvert civilian control over the military. It is okay to usurp presidential authority because Donald Trump and his supporters are so dangerous. And this same argument is used again and again and again and again to justify every single thing they do. Every single thing they do. This is the argument now. Once the racism and sexism and homophobia and st- and these guys are stupid. Once all those arguments go away, well, Donald Trump and his supporters are so dangerous. They're actually talking about a coup being repeated in 2024. There are writers on their side saying that Donald Trump winning a free and fair election in America, not that we have them right now, but they are saying that Donald Trump winning an election would be a coup. How is that a coup? Again, they have redefined everything. A coup. Winning an election is a coup because they don't get to stay in power. 
anytime their power is threatened, it's a coup. It's dangerous. So let's check in with the pathetic Joe Scarborough, who used to be a Republican congressman and is now just a total sellout, willing to say and do anything, anything to support the uniparty position. When Nixon was president, there were assurances going from from that administration to leaders across the world. Everything's fine. Uh, this is yeah. And so after January the 6th, Eddie, this is something that had to be done. Mm-hmm. There it is. January 6th proved that Trump and his supporters were so dangerous. They all believed the big lie. And so it's justified. It had to be done. But hey, wait, Joe, what about the October call? You haven't explained that one was October 30th, 2020 after January 6th is January 6th. What justifies October 30th? That'd be interesting. Well, I would love to hear him say that it had to be done because of January 6th. It had to be done. Millie had to call his counterparts and subvert civilian control of the military to usurp the constitutional order and the chain of command had to be done something that you know uh, and and i would want my generals i would want others uh, whether it was donald trump or richard nixon or woodrow wilson to say everything's fine this is what i love these people are accusing him of treason for calling up the chinese and saying hey everything's fine this is democracy it's messy don't take advantage of us okay now that is amazing. Now the story is not that Mark Milley felt that Donald Trump and his supporters because of January 6th somehow are so dangerous that they are going to nuke China. Donald Trump, who never got us into a war situation, not once, is going to magically nuke China. So Mark Milley needs to call China and warn them and say, if we're going to attack you, I'll let you know first so that you can respond to us. That's what he's saying. But Joe Scarborough has turned it around to say, hey, I know you're seeing everything just all crazy here, but we're fine and everything's going to be fine. And there's no military stuff going on. So please don't attack us. That's what Joe Scarborough has now change the situation into so none of it is treason none of it's treason he he made the call to protect us because donald trump was putting us in so in so much danger donald trump and his supporters were putting us in so much danger by telling the big lie even the danger of having china attack us the big lie is so dangerous that it could make china attack us that's what we have you don't want to try to take advantage of us at this moment. If you do, mm-hmm. you'll feel sorry. And you're not going to have the excuse to say, oh, they were about to attack us because I'm here to tell you we're not going to attack you. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I want a general. That's what America wants their generals to do. Yeah. If, if China attacks us now, China's not going to have the excuse that we were going to attack them because Mark Milley's going to let them know that no, we weren't even though there was never any point where China would have realistically thought that we were going to attack them because we weren't going to attack them. And China knows that 
because China has intelligence services and Donald Trump has a relationship with China's president. And Donald Trump released a statement to that effect last night. He said, Milley never told me about calls being made to China. From what I understand, he didn't tell too many other people either. He put our country in a very dangerous position, but President Xi knows better and would have called me. The way Milley and the Biden administration handled the Afghanistan withdrawal, perhaps the most embarrassing moment in our country's history, would not exactly instill fear in China. Milley is a complete nut job. The only reason Biden will not fire or court-martial Milley is because he doesn't want him spilling the dirty secrets on Biden's deadly disaster in Afghanistan. Now, that's a very interesting statement. And I'm going to be on Patel Patriot's Power Hour tonight, and I have a feeling that this will be what we talk about. But I want to focus on the beginning where he says that President Xi knows better and would have called me. That's a very interesting phrase, okay? So the situation that he seems to be setting up is Mark Milley calls his counterpart in China, General Li Zhuocheng. So he calls his counterpart and he says, we are not going to attack you. Despite anything you hear, we're not going to attack you. You know, please let President Xi know. That's the implication here, right? Because, of course, Xi's general would have to tell Xi. And Xi knows that President Trump has authority over Mark Milley. And President Xi has a relationship with Donald Trump. They can communicate directly. So President Xi actually doesn't need to hear from his general that the United States is not going to attack. Donald Trump is saying right here that she would have simply called him. If he heard anything bad, if he heard anything was going to go down, he would just call President Trump and President Trump would be like, no, of course, we're not going to attack you that way. And President Trump's weapon against China for his entire presidency was economic. So now he's just going to nuke China because he's mad about the election. He's just so obsessed with the big lie that he's going to start a nuclear war with China so he can stay in office. What kind of child brained communist believes something so dumb on its face? So dumb. But that's what you would have to believe for any of this to make sense or be justifiable. If Milley was going to communicate any legitimate threat at all, it would have been coming from Donald Trump. And then for that to be true, Donald Trump would have to trust Mark Milley. And unless there's something we don't know right now, and Mark Milley is not the man he seems to obviously be, then there's no way Donald Trump would trust Mark Milley. And Mark Milley is an advisor to Donald Trump. It's not the other way around. Mark Milley doesn't have command authority. The Secretary of Defense, Christopher Miller, already said that Mark Milley wasn't given the authority to make that call and to communicate that thing. Secretary Miller said that it was an incredible act of insubordination. And by this time in the process, Donald Trump knows that there are just vipers all around him, that the deep state is trying to subvert him at every turn. And we are expected to believe that he trusts Mark Milley enough 
for this situation to be the way that people like Rachel Maddow and Joe Scarborough describe it? No way. If Trump was making a move like that, he would be talking directly to Secretary of Defense Christopher Miller, and he wouldn't be interested in what Mark Milley was saying. And knowing that Mark Milley might subvert him, he would also be having a direct line of communication with President Xi and saying, hey, if you hear anything crazy, get in touch with me and I'll let you know. And if I'm right that far, if all of that is true, then President Xi probably knows just as well that his general would be subverting their process as well. If he's taking Mark Milley's word for it and communicating it up to the top, knowing that Mark Milley's word means nothing because she can just call Trump. So it sounds like what we actually have is the deep state military industrial complex, global communist system, whatever you want to call it, whichever fits most accurately, plotting their own course outside of the normal governmental order. And we have heard about this stuff before. Right. That's what the military industrial complex is. It's what it does. That's what we worry about is the military making these moves and forming these alliances on their own and then overpowering civilian authority because they have the weapons. That's what we worry about. And that's what's being described to us. This back channel of communication where they are really running things, not the civilians in control. They are the ones running things. And Joe Scarborough says, that's the kind of generals he wants. Well, of course they are, Joe. You're a traitor. Why don't we just admit it? There's their little snowflake. When General Milley went to the Hill and actually said he read a book on critical race, and they just melted. These little snowflakes that are so delicate, they're so pure, they're so natural, and their mothers told them, and their fathers told them, every one of you, every one of you is separate and different. There's no one snowflake like another. And yet all of these snowflakes on the Republican side, they're, they're alike in one way. They're all melting because General Milley said the words critical race theory and said. All right, that's enough, Joe. So just because you don't have the visual, no one on set is laughing at Scarborough when he's doing these voices. No one is going along with him. They're all just trying to politely suffer through his act because it's kind of agreed by everybody there on set that they're all lying, right? And so they are trying to act like they all agree to this nonsense. Now, Joe Scarborough is trying to set up anyone who complains about treason as a snowflake. He's telling the audience of people who will just repeat the slogans, whatever slogans he says, that they should consider anyone calling Mark Milley's actions treasonous those people are all snowflakes and they melt. Oh, yeah, they can't they can't take the heat. <laughs> yeah, Joe, that's 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 what's going on here. I wish Donald Trump had Twitter right now so that he could talk more about Joe Scarborough being involved with the death of his intern and then covering it up. That would be great. Then we could really see who the snowflakes are. Right, Joe? What he's communicating is that. Claims of treason are something that should be mocked and ridiculed, even though everyone can see what this is. Rachel Maddow even admitted what it is. She actually had the guts and the courage to go out there and say, hey, 
I'm going to try to justify treason. Joe Scarborough is pretending that that's not what it is and that anyone saying that is just a snowflake. He's also doing the justification thing in like a little weird way, right? Comparing Trump to Nixon. Everybody knows Nixon's bad. So then everybody knows Trump's bad. Then whatever you have to do doesn't matter. But he's not hitting it head on like Rachel Maddow. Rachel Maddow actually has the real human balls between her legs to go out (laughs) and say that treason is justified because Trump supporters are so dangerous. Now, we know that Trump supporters are so dangerous, which means that we know that whatever happens on Saturday at this January 6th rally is going to be so very dangerous. Now, I've had a bunch of thoughts about this January 6th rally. I don't know of anyone who is attending it. Pretty much everyone is spreading the word not to attend it. And Matt Brainerd, who is uh, one of the guys or the main guy responsible for setting it up, has said to people, don't wear any Trump gear. All right. Just don't wear any political gear whatsoever, because, of course, if they all wear Trump gear and then Antifa comes or the FBI's other groups, they come wearing Trump gear. Well, then they're going to look when they commit violence, they're going to look like it was the Trump supporters there for the rally committing the violence. If no one's wearing any political gear, then the Antifa people come. And how are they going to? How are they going to pin it on Trump supporters? They're not going to look like Trump supporters. They're not going to act like Trump supporters. And they're not going to have the superficial, hey, I'm a Trump supporter signs on their chest. That's what they relied on for the January 6th thing. The people causing the problems were dressed up sort of like Trump supporters. I mean, you can still see just normal Antifa people in their black Antifa clothing and all the other dumb shit they wear. You could spot them in the crowd. You could see them doing it. Even the people in the crowd were yelling, that's Antifa, that's Antifa to the police. It's on video. Now, I know that none of the people in Joe Scarborough or Rachel Maddow's audience have ever watched any of that video because far be it for them to want to understand the truth of what happened on January 6th. It's harder to use January 6th to justify how heinous they are to their fellow citizens if you actually know the truth. It's better to just remember what the mainstream media showed you that day and never think about it again. Only say they're terrorists. That's it. You don't need to do anything else. You don't need to watch the video of Michael Byrd shooting Ashley Babbitt for no reason. You don't need to watch the video of the Capitol Police provoking and initiating the violence and beating and trampling a woman to death. You don't need to know about any of that. You just need to know What they showed you in that half hour you were watching on January 6th and just let those little images, those little images that they played over and over and over and over again that day, because those are the only images that fit their narrative. You just need to let those be seared into your memory and recall them anytime anyone talks about that day. Oh, yes, you're so morally righteous because you saw all those very bad things they did with your own eyes. Okay, Kami, go with that. So they've tried to create this narrative that there is going to be more Trump supporter violence, another very violent insurrection or something this Saturday. There's going to be a rally for the political prisoners. And at that rally, there will definitely be some sort of insurrection. They don't know what the insurrection will be against. They don't know what 
the Trump supporters will do violently. What are they going to do? Fight each other. They're going to roam the streets like Antifa, just causing violence. They're going to go start burning down people's businesses. I mean, what's the problem? I was told that was mostly peaceful. And let's check in with Frank Filiuzzi, who is the chief propagandist for the FBI. And he's the one who is telling us, oh, we've got all these warnings. There's a lot of uh, intelligence. There are murmurs. There are some rumors. We're getting a lot of we're getting a lot of comms that there's going to be a lot of very deadly violence that day. He's the one who's been driving this whole thing in the mainstream media. There is no intel that there will be violence from Trump supporters on September 18th. There isn't any intel anywhere. I would probably bet my life on that. Not from Trump supporters, at least. I'm sure the FBI has stuff planned. I'm sure Antifa has stuff planned. Hey, who funds Antifa? Is it George Soros? Of course it is. Does Antifa work hand in hand with the FBI and with the Democrat Communist Party? Of course they do. That's why Kamala Harris is promoting their bail funds, for instance. That's why the vast majority of them never have any problem with the law, no matter how many businesses they burn down, how many people they beat up. Doesn't matter how many buildings they deface, how many federal buildings they attack, how many federal officers they try to harm in ways like throwing frozen water bottles at them or trying to burn out their retinas with lasers. None of that matters because the FBI is focused on the real threat. You can justify all that violence because Trump supporters are so dangerous. So that's why the FBI is focused on the real threat. White extremist violence, which means Trump supporters, even though Trump gains ground among ethnic minorities Every day, Joe Biden's approval is now 38 percent in the Hispanic community. Isn't that incredible? But let's hear from Frank Filiuzzi. What you just alluded to also this false flag issues that people are communicating online and saying, you know, don't come because it's an effort to just round you all up. She sounds so sad saying it. the mainstream media has now had to admit that. Everyone on our side recognizes this as a potential false flag issue. So the whole violence narrative is going out the window, but they still need to have the fence up, which was the entire purpose of creating the false flag. They wanted a justification to have the Capitol fenced off again. And now they're not getting that justification. So they're trying to, I guess, cover the tracks of their story. This is going to be a complete and total failure for them on Saturday. Well, it's part of this conspiracy theory mindset to think that everything is a trap. Okay, Frank. Frank Filiuzzi is now mad that the people who he was pretending were going to come commit violent acts are now not going to do it. He's mad that they're not going to come do the thing he's been saying they would come do. And he's saying that they're not going to do it because of a conspiracy theory. So it's not a conspiracy theory that they were going to come commit violence, even though they weren't. It is a conspiracy theory that this was going to be used as a false flag. So now they're going to stay home. So they are, unfortunately, to Frank, being nonviolent 
because of a conspiracy theory. Well, that's not how I was told that worked. Frank, what gives? That the government's doing everything. Yeah, everybody knows it wasn't us. Please stop. Please stop saying it was us. That, that Remember the old claims that it was the FBI that actually pulled off January 6th. And, of course, that changed uh, theory several times. And here we are again with them referring to Saturday as a false flag meant to bring people into town for the purpose of arresting them. And anything bad that happens is going to be cops doing it. Imagine being as bad at your job as Frank Filiuzzi is at his. First off, Frank, you got too much plastic surgery and Botox, bro. You look like you're trying to be a transgender Instagram model. Settle down. But also, he has been appearing on television for over a month. Focused on this day. This is going to be his big moment. Well, I told you guys there was going to be all sorts of violence on the 18th. And here it is. Oh, four days before. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess there's not going to be. Um, I guess there's not going to be any violence. Those those conspiracy theorists, they they thwarted our conspiracy theory. And you even see the organization, the organizer of this rally telling attendees, don't wear anything Trump related. That's going to allow them to say, see, that was Antifa, that violent act. Or see, that was the FBI that did that. It's an interesting theory. He's basically just revealing their plans that we figured out. And by the way, I'm saying we, I'm sure I'm not the first one who ever mentioned it. I'm sure I'm not even close to the first one who ever mentioned it. But this didn't take a lot of figuring out. It's pretty obvious. Frank Filiuzzi always says what they're planning to do. And now he's like, yeah, <laughs> now they can say that it was the FBI or Antifa or whatever. Hey, Frank, you were going to have the FBI and Antifa do it while wearing Trump gear so that you could say it was Trump supporters. You're telling us your plan and pretending it's our plan and that we're the conspiracy theorists for figuring out your conspiracy theory. You fucking moron. I'm, I'm hoping for a peaceful Saturday with real indicators to watch for the future of security, law enforcement, and remote local rallies scheduled for Saturday in other cities, even for next Saturday on the 25th, a dozen already planned in other cities that could stress law enforcement in now, you see, none of that is actually true, but they actually showed a map so that everyone could know where Antifa is planning violence. Here are the places that, according to Frank Filiuzzi, we will have political violence by the FBI and the left next weekend or perhaps this weekend. Ready? Here are the places. Seattle, Washington. Cheyenne, Wyoming, random. Denver, Colorado, very calming. Phoenix, Arizona, Austin, Texas, unfortunately, more calming than it should be. Nashville, Tennessee, Atlanta, Georgia, Columbia, South Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, Richmond, Virginia, Washington, D.C., Trenton, New Jersey. Well, that's an odd one. And Albany, New York. What in the world 
are they planning on doing in Albany, New York? And man, I hope that Chris Cuomo or his replacement can save us. Maybe that'll be a great opportunity for new governor Kathy Hochul to come out and show everyone how justice oriented she is and how she will slam down Trump supporters who just want political prisoners released with an iron fist. Now, I don't anticipate anything is going to happen at any of these locations, but if you're smart, stay away from them. Don't attend any political rally in those places. Again, they wanted this big event in Washington, D.C. this weekend so that they could use that to justify the fencing. Now they're going to set up all of this fencing and there's going to be no justification for it. So once again, these narcissistic, incompetent communists, remember, there are two defining characteristics of these communists, narcissism and incompetence. They don't realize that everyone else can see them. It is transparent. They are so stupid. They are giving a list of all the places that they're going to have Antifa and the FBI attack. They're saying, hey, here's where we're going to cause problems. Well, thank you, Frank. We're just going to go ahead and not participate in any of that. That'll solve that. There will be no justification for their fencing, for their watchtowers. And then what? Well, then they expose themselves as just simply wanting to put fencing around the Capitol which there is no justification for whatsoever. Now let's change subjects without a segue. Following up on the missing votes from yesterday, of course that story was not just going to go away, and of course the communists could not just leave it floating out there unexplained. So, PolitiFact by the Pointer Institute has come to the rescue, and they did a fact check of the viral image. And of course, on the truthometer, or is it truthometer? They rate it false. They rate it false that the votes simply disappeared. And why is it false? Well, not because the votes didn't disappear. The votes certainly did disappear, but it's false contextually because there's a good reason for why they disappeared. And the good reason is just simple human error. And there's no more explanation necessary. And to know that there's no more explanation necessary, they wrote two pages about how there is no explanation necessary. I swear to God, this thing is about uh, probably a thousand words, this explanation. So they fully describe what happened as if you couldn't just watch it with your own eyes. They write it out at great length in great detail, because if you don't write a lot about what you're talking about, it might seem like you don't have that much to say. And the truth is that there is nothing to be said in this fact check. So I'm going to read you the only part that is an actual explanation for what happened. And here it is. So the problem all boils down to Edison. Edison is the reporting agency. The votes go directly to Edison, and from there they go out to the news agencies. Same thing that happened on November 3rd, 2020. Always Edison, okay? So here we go. Rob Farbman, the firm's executive vice president, 
told PolitiFact that Edison relies on different sources, including state data and reporters hired to collect vote tallies in person at county election offices. A reporter hired by Edison, who was stationed at an office in Santa Clara County, called the firm and accidentally said that about 350,000 votes there were in favor of recalling Newsom. In reality, that number reflected all tallied votes in that county. No and yes votes combined. The mistake resulted in CNN wrongly reporting that there were about 350,000 extra votes to recall Newsom. And here's a quote so you know it's true. This error was entered at 11.19 p.m. Eastern and corrected two minutes later at 11.21 p.m. Eastern, Farbman said in an email. The vote drop was taking out the error and putting in the vote being reported by Santa Clara County. Except that's literally not what happened. All they did was pull 351,709 votes off the yes tally. There was no replacement. There was no adjustment. There was no fix. Gavin Newsom's vote did not change. So if the human error was that they put in all of the votes for Santa Clara County, the yes and the no's, why did they only take them away off one side? And why did all 351,709 disappear off one side? Well, there is no answer for that. So their fact check calls something that happened false. And then to complete the fact check, to make it legitimate, to make sure everyone believes it. They give an explanation that doesn't actually explain anything. And a child could understand this. This isn't complicated. Again, they say, in reality, that number reflected all tallied votes in that county. No and yes votes combined. The mistake resulted in CNN wrongly reporting that there were about 350,000 extra votes to recall Newsom. Well, that is not how that could possibly work if we're to believe your explanation. So if we believe your explanation, all the votes in the county, all the yeses, all the noes equaled 351,709. You still took them all off. Yes. So explain that PolitiFact, but they don't. And so what you're supposed to do is you're just supposed to share this fact check. So everybody sees the headline and they feel, oh, Okay, well, that's good. As long as somebody has an explanation for it, as long as it's totally false, this claim, someone has an explanation for it. I don't need to figure out what that explanation is. I'm just going to assume the experts got it. No big deal. Now I can carry on. It's just false. It's just false. And what do you get to do after that? Well, then, then the social media companies can take down everyone's post to make sure that no one else sees that 351,709 votes magically disappear off the anti-Gavin vote. They're just gone. No one else can know about it now, and no one else can talk about it now. If you try to let other people know about it, then you are spreading disinformation 
and we will take your post down. And if you do it again, we will take your account down. Censorship in this instance is good because Trump and the big lie and Trump supporters are all so dangerous. And even though this is about a California recall election and Donald Trump is not nudge, nudge, still president. It's still about Trump. Trump and his supporters are so dangerous. So anything is justified, including lying in fact checks and then using those fact checks as a basis for censorship. So that American so that the American people cannot spread the truth among one another. And the social media companies get to censor us. And now everybody's happy. And Gavin really did win and did not cheat at all. Isn't that amazing how that works? And if this level of dishonesty and censorship, if the effect of that in a practical sense, wasn't bad enough. It actually has a secondary effect, which is that this stuff, especially on days like yesterday, um, it, it leads to people feeling extra defeated. You know what I mean? Because we watch this gargantuan lie play out right in front of our eyes. And we want to tell everybody not only to let them know that this is happening, but to connect with them and be like, hey, I'm not crazy, right? I'm seeing this too. And that is one of the main goals that they have. They want people to not be able to achieve that moment of connection and understanding because that's where the demoralization comes from. And I, you know, I witnessed a lot of people online yesterday and in conversations, uh, chat groups I have, whatnot. People were getting really depressed. And it didn't help, by the way, that California, not 24 hours after the polls closed, LA County imposes some really strict lockdowns, vaccination requirements for all sorts of indoor gathering places. They are just going for medical apartheid and they're expecting that their citizens will agree with it. And even though the actual number of commies is in the minority, they understand that this election and the numbers they have shown everyone will justify those commies thinking that they have the power and authority and moral justification for doing this to their fellow citizens. And so, you know, this demoralization can be effective for a time and, you know, experience it and then let it go, honestly. Because if you need to come back to a center, and sometimes I do this as well, always find that center to come back to. Am I crazy? Well, is it possible that Joe Biden got 81 million real legal American votes? No way in hell. Okay. That is false. There is no way that is true. So know that you are on the side of truth right there and that whatever it takes to make sure that that side wins, you will do. The other thing is look what they have done with the coronavirus a disease that they cannot test for. They cannot distinguish in the test between the coronavirus and the flu. And it has an infection fatality rate of 0.1%. One out of every thousand people who becomes infected with the virus could die from it. Nearly all of them are senior citizens with multiple significant comorbidities. And yet, for 18 months, they have destroyed society. Okay? It was never about health. They have not tried to do anything to keep our society going. They have not done anything 
in favor of public health the entire time. Okay, so those are the two truths that I return to over and over and over again. Whenever I feel like maybe they might be getting ahead. Oh, they might have us. Oh, I can't feel this anymore. Right. The frustration, the anxiety, the worry that they project. Hey, I want to believe everything's going to be all right, but it doesn't feel like it right now. All right. I understand. Just circle back, circle back to those two truths and understand that whatever, whatever it takes, you cannot allow these people to win. This is great, great historical evil that you are looking dead in the eye. Do not let them win and do not allow yourself to be demoralized by people this evil and this stupid. And they are stupid. They will lose. We already know the truth. And if you don't believe me, I'm going to give you two more examples of how. Okay. The first is from CNN. Chris Saliza this morning, actually, sorry, yesterday morning. The big lie is parentheses, unfortunately winning. The big lie is winning. Chris Saliza in his big special column is admitting that the big lie is winning. Now, understand that to them, the big lie is that the election was stolen. Now, obviously, that's true, but we will still call that claim for the purposes of this discussion, the big lie as they do. Okay. The big lie is winning is what Chris Eliza is saying. Now I want you to think about this. Okay. For 10 and a half months, they have repeated this claim that the election was totally clean. There was no fraud that could have affected the outcome. And that Joe Biden won with a sweeping majority because everybody hates Trump and everybody hates you. All right. That's it. CNN has been arguing that nonstop. Every time they talk about the election, they call us domestic terrorists. They say we're repeating the big lie. That is their thing over and over and over and over and over again. Thousands and thousands and thousands of times they have said it. Thousands and thousands and thousands of times they have made this argument. But what is happening is more of the country being convinced by them? No. The exact opposite is true. And now Chris Eliza is admitting it. It is 100% true that Joe Biden won the 2020 election and that Donald Trump lost it. Those are two separate sentences because Chris Eliza is such a good writer that by separating the sentences, he really hammered both points home extra hard. It is 100% true that Joe Biden won the 2020 election. Isn't that interesting? Why would you have to reaffirm that for an audience of readers who are 100% rock dumb communists? You shouldn't have to repeat that. And that Donald Trump lost it. Okay, Chris. Unfortunately, in recent months, the big lie that Trump somehow was defrauded out of the election has gained increasing amounts of traction, according to a new CNN poll. In January, 59% said they have confidence that elections in this country reflect the will of the people, while 40% said they lacked that confidence. Today, a majority of Americans, 52%, say they do not have confidence that elections reflect the will of the people, while 48% say they do. That's a significant swing in less than a year in the exact wrong direction. Oh, well, that's interesting. Chris, whose fault is that? 
You guys are the ones who have been saying the truth over and over and over and over and over again. You guys are the ones who have been calling everybody a big liar over and over and over and over and over again. Isn't it weird that your case is not more convincing? How is it that so many formerly rational people are becoming convinced by the big lie? It's odd, isn't it, that the evidence that Trump was defrauded is so much more compelling than the evidence that he wasn't, that this massive chunk of American citizens are understanding that you're wrong, Chris. And it's primarily fueled by Republicans, he says, 76% of whom say they had just a little or no confidence in elections, reflecting the will of the people. But let's go all the way, Chris. You know it's higher than that, don't you? That's hardly the only data point in the poll that suggests Trump's big lie is working. While 63% of all respondents said that Biden legitimately won enough votes to win the presidency, the story was very, very different among Republicans. Among that group, 78% that Biden did not win enough votes to legitimately win the election. That's right. Eight in 10 Republicans think that Biden didn't win the election, which, well, wow, that is a sentence that he wrote. That's not me saying that. He said, which, comma, well, comma, wow, which, well, wow. This is how they talk. This is retarded. You have to understand that. He is implying a familiarity with his audience's viewpoint. And then he is expressing the audience's shock, but their total dumbfoundedness. All right. They don't even know how to understand or respond to that claim because they have no other thoughts behind that. They have been taught and conditioned to understand that when one of these communist reporters says just wow, like Rachel Maddow and Chris Hayes do. Oh, my God, I'm I'm expressing my disbelief. There's nothing else behind it, which, well, wow, <laughs> you are talking like a cast member from the Desperate Housewives or Queer Eye for the Journalist guy. What those numbers make clear is that among Republicans, Donald Trump and the big lie he is telling are winning. Willing, winning is a relative term, of course. Because building a political party around a lie is the quickest way to destroy a political party. He says, as the Democrat Party is imploding upon itself, every single thing that the Democrat Party gains strength on the basis of is an outright lie, an obvious lie. But there are some numbers that Chris Saliza did not bother to mention. For instance, in that very same poll, it turns out that only 17% of the people they have polled are very confident that American elections reflect the will of the people. 17% of Americans are very confident that the elections reflect the will of the people. That means 83% have at least some doubt in the legitimacy of American elections. And here's another thing. This poll reflected viewpoints from August 3rd to September 7th. That is how long it took them to get the results they wanted. 
That's incredible. A five-week long poll? That's bananas. And of course, none of this, obviously, would include anyone's rethinking of this after the Afghanistan debacle. The question here is also really interesting because this is question 51 in their table. You can actually go and see the numbers uh, if you go far enough. You click the link on CNN's new poll, then you finally get to the SSRS poll, the results of the polling. And the question is, thinking about the results of the 2020 presidential election, do you think that Joe Biden legitimately won enough votes to win the presidency or not? Now, that is not how the presidency is decided, right? Legitimately winning enough votes is a very, very strange way to ask that question. I prefer the Rasmussen way of going about that. Just was Biden legitimately elected or not? How confident are you that he was elected legitimately? Did cheating play a part? That's a better way to question this. Did he legitimately win enough votes? Well, if you're the sort of person who thinks that the national popular vote is a real thing and that that should hold sway, then as long as he won the national popular vote, you would say, yeah, of course I believe that. And that's what those kind of people think in their heads. They don't remember the number of electoral college votes that Joe Biden won. They remember that he won 81 million very real, very legal, very American votes. And so, of course, they're going to say that. And if you find that interesting, then... May I interest you in this? On Friday, September 10th, literally six days ago, an article on CNN by Jennifer Agiesta, which is who is the uh, CNN polling director, CNN launches new polling methodology. Okay, the landscape of political polling is changing. And so, too, is the way CNN carries out its polls, beginning beginning with Friday's newly released CNN poll conducted by SSRS. The network is implementing a new methodology for measuring public opinion. The new approach relies on both online and telephone interviews, allowing respondents to participate in whichever way is more comfortable for them and will use different methods for measuring long term trends and for reactions to breaking news. So basically, they're just saying, hey, polling doesn't work the way we've been doing it. At least we don't get the results that we want. So we're going to change it because this will be more likely to give us the results we want. The new methodology allows for the researchers behind the CNN poll to have a better understanding of who is and who is not responding to the poll. And that's very important. And to better account for political differences between the two groups, addressing one of the most likely causes of 2020 polling errors. Right. So what they are saying is that they aren't getting accurate results, the results they want from the polling they're doing. So they're going to make changes to influence the outcomes of the poll. And they will say that that's to better reflect what the population really thinks. But the polls are supposed to tell you what the population really thinks. So they must already have some presupposition of what the population really thinks. And then they want to get the poll to better reflect that. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Kind of makes the purpose of polling redundant if you already have the answer you want. 
Election polling in 2020 broadly missed the mark on measuring support for Republican candidates up and down the ballot. Oh, yes, that's what it was. <laughs> Assessments of what went wrong suggest that the problem derived from differential non-response. That is, that the people who took the surveys were not the same politically as those who did not. Well, no shit. So it turns out that people who hate the media and think polls are bullshit do not want to participate in media polling. I am stunned. Under the new methodology, CNN and SSRS will carry out polls several times a year using a larger sample and longer field period than is typically used for news polling. <laughs> Respondents across the country will be randomly selected based on their mailing address. Totally random. A process known in polling as address-based sampling and will be initially reached by mail. Surveys based on such samples will be used to measure long-established trends, such as presidential approval or views on the national economy, as well as to take in-depth looks at critical issues. I wonder how many of these mail-in polling ballots end up at empty lots and still get answered by Democrats anyway. These surveys will also be used to establish benchmark measurements of Americans' political traits, such as party identification, which will then be used in waiting when CNN conducts other types of polling on a shorter time frame. <laughs> it's all so embarrassing. If all you have to do is read anything, seriously anything, the craziest thing is that they all will tell you exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it. All you have to do is actually pay attention. All you have to do is pay attention. All you have to do is read past the headline. Just read the article. Read it all the way to the end. Because by the end, they are going to say the thing that totally defeats their headline. But all of their audience are child-brained communists who will only read the headline, assume they are correct, and then move on. And... Now that I've said that, for the purposes of time, I'm going to stop reading this article to you. So go read it yourself. Trust me that I am not misrepresenting it or don't trust me. And then you can go read it yourself. And if you find something there in the end that makes you think I am misrepresenting it, by all means, tell me. I am fully confident that I am not doing that. As long as you can translate communist doublespeak into human. Okay, so the last thing I want to talk about, and I know this is going long. Apologies. This is just how it is these days. You know, there's a lot to talk about. Sometimes I'll get going on one thing and I'll be like, damn it. You know, I really wanted to get to that other stuff. And I feel like I haven't given them enough information. So I want to hit everything. Here's the last thing we're going to hit because it's a big one for me, especially being, you know, having spent so much time in Hollywood. Nicki Minaj is red pilling so many people. It is unbelievable. The White House is now begging for her time so that they can convince her to stop red pilling everyone. And I hope that they are not successful in that because she is doing something that very few people would be able to do. Okay. Yes, she's going to get knocked off social media soon for sure, unless she bends the knee to the illegitimate administration. Assuming she doesn't do that, she's going to keep doing stuff like this. All right. Last night she was going on, I think. Is it Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, some shit where she's doing a live stream just talking. All right. Here it is. That you can't speak. You can't speak. 
for the fear of the mob attacking you. If that doesn't give you chills up and down your fucking spine. This is scary. You should be able to ask questions about anything you're putting inside your body. We, we, can, we ask a bunch of questions about, about the most simple thing. Oh, bitch, how that, how that glue work? Do that glue, do that, do that glue really um, keep the wig down for how many hours? Oh, because if I go in a pool and if I sweat it off and bitch, how that? But you can't just innocently ask a question about something going in your body. Do y'all realize that I remember going to China and they were telling us, you know, be, you cannot speak out against, um, you know, the, the people in power there, etc. And I remember all of us thinking, oh, okay, well, you know, we understand and we respect the, the laws here and, and, you know, that it's so different where we live. But don't y'all see what's fucking happening? Don't y'all see that we are living now in that time where people will turn their back on you? I'm not agreeing, but people will isolate you if you simply speak and ask a question. Y'all won't see what the fuck is happening. Now, obviously, she's 100% right, and so I don't need to rehash that and remake her points for her. She made all the right points. She's exactly right. What I'm amazed by is that, aside from Gina Carano, who is awesome but has significantly less stature in the entertainment industry than Nicki Minaj does and a much smaller audience, Nicki Minaj is now like the first person to come out and do this. I mean... I also don't want to slight Rose McGowan. She's been saying her own stuff, but that's from a much different point of view and it's in a different field altogether. Okay. So good for her speaking out, being honest. I love that. But in terms of this stuff, straight up going right at these hardcore political issues that really do divide one side from the other. Nicki Minaj is the first person to go out there with a platform this size and make these points. All right. This is a really big deal. And it's even bigger deal that Gina Carano, Rose McGowan, Nicki Minaj are all women. All the guys in the entertainment industry. And there are plenty who are on our side, by the way. I know many of them. None of them have come out, put their reputation on the line. None of them have come out and told the truth about anything. They avoid it at all costs. Leonardo DiCaprio came out like a fucking clown a week or so ago and uh, told everybody to vote no on the Gavin Newsom recall. Well, where's his post yesterday and today? Where's his post celebrating? His post on voting no for the recall is still up there in his feed. There's no post celebrating that Gavin won. Oh, yeah, it worked because he got flamed by his following because people hate Gavin Newsom. And Leonardo DiCaprio, he either got paid to do that or had some muscle put to him. And I don't mean physically. I mean, I didn't, I don't mean like the mob's going to come get him. I mean, somebody's like, Hey man, you really better go ahead and post about that. You know, kind of owe us. And it was probably somebody who 
helps him make money off his environmental charity. But where are the conservatives in Hollywood? John Voight does it, but John Voight's, you know, of a different generation and doesn't have nearly the following. Where are all the Generation X celebrities? Where are all the millennial celebrities? Where are all the young celebrities? Where are they out there speaking the truth and standing up for people's rights? Standing up for what is right. They don't do it. They leave it to everyone else. Someone else has to lead. You know, there was a conversation that uh, I had on in the chat thread on Telegram a few weeks ago where this random new person came in there talking about how we need to go out and fight. We need to go start a civil war, some bullshit, you know, like one of the people who's always like trying to bait everybody into agreeing that we need violence, which is a mark of really stupid people who are clueless about what's going on right now. Violence is not necessary. This is an information war. If it ever gets to that point, fine. Everyone's going to know it by the time that comes around. But the guy was basically saying that he's so ready to do it. Like, why isn't anybody out there leading it? I'm so ready to join this cause. Well, what? So you're saying you're ready to go out and engage in civil war as soon as everyone else is. So you're not a leader at all, but you're complaining that things haven't gotten violent yet. And like, that's the way you're going to get banned from my group as fast as possible. That is just so, so stupid. And, you know, it seems obviously like Fed posting, but man, oh man, how could you be any dumber? And the same thing that this is really what all these celebrities are saying. Well, yeah, man, you know, I'm going to really get out there and speak my truth as soon as everybody else does. And it's not dangerous anymore. Okay, well, then you're a pussy. You know what I mean? If you're afraid to put anything on the line for the country then just admit you're afraid. You're not a leader. You're a follower. You're going to be lucky to have an entertainment career after this stuff is over. If you don't come out and speak up. I honestly believe that, by the way. Who in the hell wants to watch all of these rich, famous morons parade around the Met Gala, then find out who these people really are, and then still want to go to their movies or watch their TV shows or buy their music? Nobody's going to want that. There's an opportunity right now for people who are on the right side of these issues to come out and speak the truth. And yes, take a couple days of the Internet being mean to you. Take a couple days of the Internet being mean to you. Do you really have that much to hide? You don't want to sacrifice anything for your country. You hope that all the little people out there will do it. Well, then you're enslaving the people just the same as the global communists are. Everybody else has to do the work. You get to reap the reward. Your life is comfortable enough. You don't want to upset that. You don't want to worry that someone might not hire you for a little while. You're betting on the failure of this movement. You're betting on the failure of your country by not standing up. You are betting that this movement isn't powerful enough to support you, that people will not have your back. I'm telling you they will. All right. There is right and there is wrong. Stand up for what is right. We are the majority now. Act like it. Stand up. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye.
Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator. You can join the discussion at t.me slash I'm reasonable. I'm also on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. The Substack is I'm your moderator.substack.com and the merch site is cancelcouture.com. You can also go direct to that at shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. I'll see you next time out on the range. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofi. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. 
And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!